Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year. pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm going to answer the call. notice these uh, uh, signs that we have up on the platform, but each one of them represents an attribute by which God helps fill you up by the Holy Spirit. And so this is just another morning for you to pull up to the tank or pull up to the pump and say, God, fill her up. Come on, say it with me. God, fill her up. Amen. I don't want to leave church by not getting everything that God has for me. How about you? God's got some amazing things for you this morning. And, you know, by a show of hands, how many of you ever have ran out of gas? Have you ever been driving and ran out of gas? Many of you I see raising your hands. Some of you are just too proud to admit it. Ah, no, I never ran out of gas. I, 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 it's only happened to me one time in my life. But, you know, I, just traveling over... Uh, many miles, you know, we go to Oklahoma a few times a year and just different things. You know, there's long stretches of land that there's not uh, uh, gas stations in between. And so whenever we stop, we fill her up. Because you don't ever want to get into a place where you're stranded or without gas. Right? And I said, it's only happened to me one time. And it was back when I was in my early 20s. I was still living with mom and dad, and I worked up at the Bertrand Mall. Anybody familiar with that? All the women said, yes, I do. I know that well. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, but I worked at the Bertrand Mall, and uh, as I was leaving the house that morning to go to work, uh, I realized that my gas gauge was on empty. And so in my thinking, I'm like, I need to get gas after work before I come home. And so in transit, going to the workplace... Then the little light came on and says, you need gas. And then as I'm continuing in transit, it starts to ding, 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 ding. You know, it says, hey, you're a ding-a-ling. You need to get some gas, right? And so I made it to work and, uh, you know, with all the intent that, you know, when I come home, I'm going to stop at the gas station first and fill her up. But I got distracted, started thinking about other things, started hitting the road, and as I'm getting down the road, the light came on and the dinger started dinging again. Now, I'm about halfway between the house and the last gas station. So, I can either turn around and try to make it to the gas station, or I can put the pedal to the metal and drive as fast as I can down these back roads. 
So I just put the pedal to the metal, and I was going as fast as I could, man. The whole vehicle was shaking. And so I'm getting, it went off about two miles before I got to the house. And, uh, or I should say, the, the, the alarms went off, you know, about two miles from the house. So I start speeding down the road. I'm about a mile from the house, and the engine stops. But I'm going pretty fast. And so I'm coasting along. Hoping that I can just get as far down the road and get as close to the house as I can. And sure enough, I came to a rolling stop with about an eighth of a mile left to go. Well, that was close enough for me to walk to the house, go out to the barn, get a gas can, come back and fill up the car, and, and drive on home. Amen. And so, my point is this. Is that you don't want to be caught running on empty. And especially in the hour in which we're living. This day, the hour of the church that we are living in, you don't want to run on empty. And God has been endeavoring to get your attention. He has been saying over the last year, over the last two years, it's time to fill her up. It's time to get full. It's time to not just merely run on vapors anymore where you're chugging along. It's time to fill her up. And as I said, God has been endeavoring to get your attention because there is a gauge in your spirit that says, uh, I'm running on empty. And then there is a spiritual light that comes on that says, hello, you need to fill her up. And God is continuing, even that spiritual dinger bell, if you will, where God says, hello, you need to fill her up. You're running desperately low, right? And so God's wanting us, especially in this hour, to fill her up. And so we're going to continue on this series that we've been on. And it's extremely important for you to hear what the Spirit of God is saying or speaking to you because it is paramount that you fill her up. Amen? Now, last week I made a, a very bold statement. In, in making the statement, I had individuals actually say, does what you say really mean what you said? And does the Bible really mean what you said it said? And so I want to bring your attention to this particular scripture, and it's over in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. If you remember in John's gospel, Jesus said, it's imperative. I must depart and go away so that I can send the Holy Spirit to you. It's to your advantage that I go. So how many of you know that to your advantage means that it's better? It's advantageous for you. Then in Acts chapter 1, before he departs, Jesus has one last conversation with his disciples. And this is what it is in verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded, everybody say commanded. commanded. He commanded them to not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. In other words, what I was talking back to you just a little bit ago in John's gospel, he said, this is what I'm talking about. And he gave them a command. And in Acts chapter 2, we saw that the Holy Spirit visited them. And there was an expression of something that took place as a result of them being filled. And it was that they began to speak with other tongues or they began to speak in a prayer language. And so the question was, 
is did Jesus really command them to be filled? Or in other words, did Jesus really command them or was it just a suggestion? Did he really command them or make it an issue of command? Or was it just a strong advisement? Guys, you might want that. But did you realize that in the Bible, your Bible, the word is command? Now, you could try to split hairs and try to dissect that word and say, well, it didn't really mean what it really meant. But for the sake of letting Scripture define Scripture, let me bring your attention over to Luke's Gospel. In Luke chapter 8, verse 29, this is in regards to Jesus' ministry. Do you remember there was a, the story of the man, man of Gadara? The Bible says that he was tormented. He was full of devils. But if you recall, it says here in verse 29, Jesus speaking, For he had commanded, everybody say commanded. And he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of, that, out of the man, for it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles. And he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. And if you know the further part of the story, the Bible says that when Jesus commanded the, the demons to leave, the Bible says that he was set free. Now, my question for you is, is when Jesus commanded the demons to depart, do you think that Jesus was this strongly suggesting? Or do you think he was giving them an option of saying, if you want to, you might want to leave? No. And for further clarification, if you know anything about the Bible, the Bible is written in Greek and Hebrew. And therefore, when it comes to the Greek and the Hebrew language, you could have a... Uh, English word that translate the word in Greek, but that same word in English could have four different applications to it. And again, I don't have time to, to get into the whole theory or the, the, the ex expound on the Greek language. But if you'll study it out, you'll find that the word command in Luke's gospel is the exact same word as it was found in Acts when Jesus commanded so again, if you're asking the question, did Jesus really command them to receive? And the, act, the answer is, yes, he did. But now, how many of you know that God is a gentleman? He's not going to force or make you do anything. That's the heart of God. But let's just even set that portion aside. Let's just set the whole command thought process to the side. And let's look at it from a different perception, if you will. And for the sake of arguing the point, let me present an example to you. Let's just say you came in this morning, and as you got in here this morning, you saw tables lined up all across the front of the auditorium, and on there you saw little bundles of money. And they were stacks of $100 bills, and each stack was bound in 10. So in other words, each pile was $1,000. And as you came into church, as we started to minister, I said, hey guys, you see all these piles of money up here. The church has been extremely blessed. Before you leave, come up and receive or partake of or take your $1,000. We just want to bless you. Now, I won't ask you to raise your hand but I'm pretty confident that if we gave that option to you to receive $1,000, no strings attached, 
that probably just about every single person would come forward to receive or to take the thousand dollars. Why is it that money, which is just paper, can become something of more importance to us than what Jesus said he's making available? In fact, he said, this is part of the reason that I came to earth, died on the cross, rose from the dead, is so that you could receive this promise. But yet, we'll put a greater value on money that perishes versus a gift that Jesus said is to your advantage. Amen. Now, once again, I don't say that to bring condemnation, but just for something for you to ponder. If Jesus said, I've done this for you, then why do we sit so idly by and say, well, I don't know if it really would benefit me. The reality is, is that the reason why we question it is because we really don't know how it benefits our lives. And for that matter, when we're talking about this praying in tongues thing or in a spirit language, oftentimes what we're thinking is it's just babble. Why in the world would I want to babble because it doesn't have any benefit to my life? And that's where it begins to break down. Because God said, Jesus said, it's to your advantage. So, let's dive right into that this morning. Let's dive into it as to see why it is, it is such a big blessing and benefit for us. Once again, people will say, well, how do I get it? Well, we said this, that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. You must desire it. To say, God, if it's a gift, I want that gift. Secondly, when it comes to receiving, you've got to ask for it. He's not going to force it upon you. Thirdly, you must yield. In other words, I've got to move my mouth, move my lips, and give it voice. He's not going to make me talk or make me talk with another language or spirit language. I've got to yield myself. Now, here's the thing. If you've never been filled or you just received, is it going to be something that you might be extremely comfortable with? No, because you've never done it before. So it becomes a matter of practice. So, for instance, if you've never been to church before, coming to church isn't necessarily something that's comfortable. Now, some of you have been, to, been at our church for years now, but based on your attendance record, you might still feel uncomfortable. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm saying it's a matter of practice, right? So coming to church on a regular basis and, and falling into whatever the church is doing, it might be uncomfortable because I've just never done that before. And then when they come together, they sing. I've never singed out loud before uh, with a congregation, with somebody standing next to me. It can be uncomfortable until it becomes a matter of practice. Well, man, I came into church and I saw somebody raising their hand. Man, what are they raising their hand for? I don't want to raise my hand. But before you know it, you're like, God, I worship you. Well, it becomes a matter of practice. And the more you practice it, the more comfortable it becomes. How many of you realize that when it comes to the Word of God, the Word of God can be uncomfortable if you're not familiar with it, but the more practice you give to it, the Word of God begins to make sense and it becomes alive to you, right? Amen. So it's a matter of practice that we become more acquainted with and feel more comfortable the more that we do it. And then it just merely becomes natural. I said it becomes natural to you. It's something that becomes comfortable. Once again, it's not just babbling. It's communication to God. 
Now, when you start out, now again, this is just to kind of help for individuals that might say, well, I'm getting to a point where I think I might want to receive it, but I'm still not clear as to what it looks like. You might find that you start to begin to speak or have that language, but as you become more acquainted and have a greater practice of it, you'll find that your vocabulary begins to grow. Why? Because it's become a greater practice. You might even find at times where when you're praying, it changes and it sounds different. Why? Because all of a sudden there becomes an unction on your prayer and God begins to move on you in the time that you're praying. So it begins to sound a little bit different. You might find that just as, as you begin to pray, and you'll find that you have a greater understanding of spiritual things. Why? Because you give you, giving, giving yourself to prayer. And then lastly, again, you might find that even your personality begins to change. You say, uh, my personality changes? I like me. I don't want to change. Well, how many of you know that God likes you? And God made your personality as to who you are. So do you think that he's going to change your personality into a lesser you? No, he's only going to make you a better you. And the better you in your personality is that you actually start to become more like him. You become full of His love. You become full of His mercy. You become full of His forgiveness. You become full of the mind of God because you're becoming more acquainted with Him. Can somebody say amen? Now once again, I said this before. When my wife is praying more than usual, I like her a whole lot better. And she would tell you, listen buddy, you need to go pray because I'm not liking you right now. Your personality becomes more acquainted with God because you're spending time with Him. Is it helping anybody? All right, so now we said this. We said that in regards to being filled, we said that there are benefits. Now, if you'll notice up here, we said that to fill her up is that you're pulling, uh, pulling up rather to the tank to be filled. Well, you'll notice that this center one says unfiltered communication unfiltered communication when you're praying in the spirit the other one is where's the one that i'm looking for down here at the end clear direction you begin to have clear or clearer direction when you're filled up all right now let's give some scripture to bear reference to that if you have your bibles you can turn or you can draw your attention to the screen but in romans chapter 8 Starting in verse 25. Now there's multiple things here that we're going to look at. But we said that in being filled or filling her up, there's unfiltered communication and clear direction that we have as a benefit. In Romans chapter 8 it says this, But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Let's stop there for just a minute. That verse right there is the definition of faith. It is the same definition as Hebrews 11.1. 1. It is the same definition of Mark 11.23 and 24. He says, when you're standing or hoping for what you do not see, eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Or in other words, standing in faith. When you're standing in faith for something, this will benefit you. It goes on to say in verse 26. When you're standing in faith, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. 
But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Oh, I'm telling you what, there's a whole lot in that package of those couple verses. And man, I'm telling you what, if you see what's in that scripture, it ought to light you up. It ought to put a fire underneath of you. Because in there, there's so much. Listen to what it says. He says, when you don't know what you ought to pray. He didn't say you don't know how to pray. He says you don't know what you ought to pray. Now, many times we equate that as in desperate times. But that, this can be applicable to not only desperate times, but to times of calm. But let's just look at the first. Have you ever been in a position where life is so erratic, all hell is breaking loose, and you can't think straight? Let alone pray straight. I mean, you start to pray, and you're like, God, I don't even know what to pray for. Oh, dear God, I start to pray and my brain starts to go here. My thoughts go there. And God, I am a nervous wreck because God, it is all hell breaking loose in my life. Right? I'm sure we've all been there. He says, when you don't know what you ought to pray, you can pray in your spirit language. Why? What's that do? We said it last week. It bypasses your brain and therefore your spirit language begins to pray what? It begins to pray, we saw in that last part of the verse, the perfect will of God. Oh my gosh, God, all hell is breaking loose. I don't know what to pray, but I know that I can right now pray the perfect will of God. God, I don't know what your will is, but I know that I can pray your will because my spirit connects with your spirit and the spirit of God knows exactly your heart concerning this matter. So I can begin to pray in my spirit language knowing that I'm getting the job done. Amen. But that also doesn't just apply for desperate times. It can be in times of calm. God, things are going well, but I just want to pray Something I want to pray for my kids. Man, did you realize that your kids go into hell every day? They go to the school. They go to the workplace. Whatever it is, they're going in to the lion's den every single day. But as moms and dads, we can pray for our kids. Well, how many of you realize that you don't know all the hell that they're experiencing? You don't know what you should pray. You know how to pray, but you just don't know what to pray. So God, I'm going to pray in the Spirit for my kids, knowing that whatever they're facing, I'm praying out the perfect will for their life for this day. And because you bring them to church, because you raise them up in the ways of the Lord, because they're growing in their faith, because they have a, have a, a discipline of coming to church and growing in God, they have the sword of the Spirit, and then when you pray for them, they have the opportunity to respond because you're praying things out for them every single day. Amen. You know, you ought to be praying for your children's spouse. You might say, well, man, that's a long ways off. Listen, how many of you know that you can pray for their future? You can pray for their husband and their wife. I don't know about you, but I don't want my kids to be mixed, mixed up with and marry some yahoo. In fact, I want them to find a man or a woman of God that passionately loves Jesus. 
I mean, they might like football, great, but I want them to love Jesus. Amen. I want them to find the right person. I was talking with somebody the other day in line with this. And this guy, I think he was a youth pastor or a pastor or something. And he sent his children off to youth camp. And I think one of the other ministers went there and gave him a call or something. And, and, and I don't know, sent him a text message, sent her a picture of this girl or whatever. But he sent it to this minister and he says, I think this girl would be great for your son. And he says, she's cute, and man, she loves God. And he sent a text back to the man that sent him the picture of this young lady, and he said, I've been praying for her for years. He said, God has shown me pictures of her in my times of prayer, and I have been praying for her for the longest time. The son was introduced to the girl. They got married and have been serving God ever since. So you need to pray for your kids. And you might not know what to pray for. But in the Spirit, what are you doing? You're praying the perfect will of God. Amen. So is there a benefit? Absolutely. When I don't know what to pray, I can have unfiltered communication. That doesn't get uh, caught up with my thoughts, with all the, the things that are going on around about me. It is my spirit talking to the Spirit of God. And He's praying out with me and through me the perfect will of God. Can somebody say amen? It says over here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, uh, verse 13. Now, once again, we're talking about unfiltered communication and having clear direction. Notice what it says here in verse 13. It says, therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he might interpret. Now, this can be one of two ways here. You've heard it said before, and which would be correct. When you're praying, pray that you would have understanding. But the Apostle Paul, in that same chapter, he says, I will pray with my understanding, and I will pray with my spirit. So you could say it this way, and it would be just as much right, that he who prays in an unknown tongue, keep on praying until you have an interpretation, or until you know or have wisdom of what you pray for. And that comes as you become practiced in Praying in the Spirit. You begin to understand and you begin to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, probably about seven or eight years ago, my wife, she had a, a prayer group, group at the old church. In fact, say group. It was only three of them, I believe. Two or three or three or four, whatever the case is. And they would come together and pray for an hour, I believe, on Saturday mornings. And as they would pray, they would pray in the Spirit, but concerning the ministry. And there came a point in time that as they were praying, praying through until there was understanding, she began to pray, God, I keep hearing this in my spirit, pray for the building. Well, at that time, we were nowhere in any position of getting into a new building. It wasn't even on the radar. It wasn't even in our thought process. It certainly wasn't in the budget. And so they just came together week after week, week after week, and this kept coming up, praying for the building, praying for the building. And then as they began to pray, it will be easy. It will be easier than the last building you got into. And as they continued to pray week after week, it was prayed out as it will be just like they give you the building. Well, that was several years ago. 
Well, because they're familiar with the voice of the Lord, they just prayed it out. Prayed out the plan. Prayed out those things that are unknown to the natural mind. Well, so she's driving down the road one day, and she drives by this building, sees a for sale sign. She comes excited at the church, and she says, hey, that building down the road's for sale. I'm like, so what? She said, well, it's for sale. You ought to go check it out. I'm like, well, <laughs> it's not in the budget. It's not on the radar. I certainly haven't been praying about it because the <laughs> Lord knows. And so I come down here to check it out, and one thing, long story short, one thing led to another, where they just purposed to bend over backwards to help us get into this building. In fact, it was, they made it so easy, it was like they gave it to us. Now, there was another church that was willing to pay cash for it, but they said, we believe this church should have the building. And they also came back and said, you know what, we're even going to knock $125,000 off the asking price because we want you to have the building. Well, so we're like, well, praise the Lord. Well, the, uh, we worked out a deal, land contract for a while. But then we have a building that we're no longer using, but we're still having to pay on it. And my wife, being the crack whip that she is, she says, uh, God, uh, making two payments <laughs> ain't going to work for very long. In fact, getting over into this building, everything tripled. Not to mention, you still got the payments for the old building. And she said, God... We can't do this for a length of time. And as they're praying these things out, as she's going to the Lord, praying in the Spirit, the Lord said to her, it'll be sold in six months. Clear direction. Unfiltered communication. Well, when God speaks to you, it gives you a sense of peace. In the midst of the storm that's going around you, God said six months. So therefore, we know that we're coming out on the other side. And once you know it, almost to the day, six months later, another church came and bought the building. Praise God! What am I talking about? I'm talking about filling her up. I'm talking about being aware of how to communicate with God and God to you so that you can get God's best. That the advantage, the helper, the comforter, the one that says, I'll guide you into all truth. This Holy Spirit that He said, I've got to depart so that you can receive Him. Go wait for the promise. This is the life that God desires for us. And once again, in the hour in which we're living, it is so imperative when fear is coming and hell is coming on every side. We must be filled. Somebody say it with me. Fill her up. Amen. So once again, learning how to follow the leading of the Lord. There's unfiltered communication, clear direction. We begin to learn to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit when you'll give practice to praying in the Spirit. Now you might say, how do I become more familiar with the voice of God? How many of you realize that when it comes to your radio, there are radio waves that are traveling from the station or the tower to your radio? It's communication that is there. It's in the air. But you have to dial in your radio. And if you remember back in the day when you had the turn knob, the, the way that you turned it would cause it to dial in or tune in better. There would be a clearer uh, communication the better you dialed or tuned it in. 
That's what happens when you pray in the Spirit. Your spirit man becomes more acquainted and dialed in with the Holy Spirit. And you begin to identify or become more familiar with His voice. Therefore, when He says, it's six months. Everything will be good in six months. I can rest and take it to the bank because I heard God speak to me. Did He speak to you in an audible voice? No, I just I knew it on the inside. And I've learned how to follow that leading of the voice of God on the inside. All right. So when I tune it in, what do I receive as a result of tuning it in? He says he'll guide me into all truth. He will teach me. He will show me things to come. He will be my comforter. He will be my helper. The more I tune it in, the more that that's what he becomes to me. Notice what it says here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. I'm going to read it from the Amplified, and it says it this way. It says, For one who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to people, but to God. For no one understands him or catches his meaning. But by the Spirit, he speaks mysteries, secret truths, hidden things, or future events. It says that when you're praying in the Spirit, when you pray in your spirit language, you're praying things that your mind don't comprehend because you're hooking up with the will of God. Amen. And as I said, you know, you become so practiced that this becomes natural. You realize that you can be on the job praying in the Spirit. You can drive down the road being having a conversation with God. And it just becomes so natural to you that it just bubbles out like you're having a conversation with him. Amen. But once again, it says that he will help you pray out what? Secret things, hidden things, and another translation says future events. So how many of you realize that hidden things were not meant to stay hidden? They're meant to be revealed. Secrets are not meant to be secrets to be kept from you. They're for you to discover. And by praying in this prayer language that you, you begin to step. Amen. The, the revealer. Now let me help you in this because once again, this is one of the great works that Jesus came to do. Is to give us the Holy Spirit. Many people because they've not developed the practice of learning the voice of God they'll turn to other means to get direction. You know, the Bible never says in the New Testament, go to the prophet to get a word. Go to the prophet or the apostle or the preacher so that you can get direction for your life. It is totally unscriptural to go to a minister and say, give me a word to give me direction for my life. Why is that? Because in the age of the church, the reason that Jesus came was so that you could have the Holy Spirit, the guide inside, and therefore, if you've got any questions, you can talk directly to Him. And you might say, well, does that mean that there's not prophetic words? There are, but you don't seek after them. If one's given, it's given by the Holy Spirit for the time that's needed. You might say, well, uh, and there are those that will say, well, listen, the Bible says it. Listen, you realize in the Old Testament, 
The Bible says that God would send the people of God to the prophets or to the seers. Well, why is that? Because that was the way in which God gave direction to His people in the Old Covenant. Why? Because there was not the present day ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was only on the priest, the prophet, and the king. In the, the, the New Testament or the age of the church, the Holy Spirit is not just on the king, the priest, and the prophets. It's in the living, breathing church, the people of God that are filled with Him. Therefore, the Spirit of God can give me direction. All i got to do is say, God, I need to know. Praise God. I need to know. Amen. And He'll help give us direction in uncertain times. You've heard me say it time and time again in this culture that we've been living. I refuse to bow to fear. I refuse to surrender to all the junk that we see in the culture that's around about us. Why? Because one, the Holy Spirit spoke it. It's in the Word. He gives us instruction as to what's going to come. Therefore, don't lose heart. He says, when you see sin abound, how much more does the grace and the glory abound? He says, you'll go from faith to faith, grace to grace, glory to glory. So therefore, we got all that we need, and He'll guide me into truth. Praise God. Why? Because I've got the greater one on the inside. Amen. Amen. Somebody say it with me. Fill her up. Fill her up. Amen. And lastly, let me share this with you. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. You might say, you know what? Well, I find it difficult. It's a matter of practice. I said it's a matter of practice. In fact, let me give you this example. I know for myself, there have been times where you might begin to look for your child that got lost or you can't find them in the crowd. But the moment that your child cries your name, it don't matter how many people are talking, how many of you know that you identify the voice of your child? That's my baby. Where's my baby? I hear their voice. I may not see them, but I know the voice of my baby. Where's, that? Where's my baby? Well, if I can do that naturally speaking, then why can't my spirit become acquainted with the voice of God? You know Him. Look at what Jesus said to His disciples in John chapter 14. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and He'll give you another, a helper, that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither knows Him nor uh, sees Him nor knows Him. But now look at these words. But you know Him. For He dwells with you and will be in you. He's no closer than He already is. If you're a child of God, He's right here. He's on the inside. Amen? This is the hour to not run on empty. All the signals are showing. They're dinging. They're trying to get your attention and the Holy Spirit is merely saying, come to the tank. Come get filled up. Come receive. Because your best days are ahead of you. Your finest hour is ahead of you. This is the hour that you've been waiting for. Fill her up. Let's stand. I hope that we're whetting your appetite. For those of you that are watching online, I hope that it's drawing you into a desire to know Him more. For those of you that are here, 
Listen, God has called us to do some amazing things. And because of just merely being dull and going through the motions of life, we get distracted and we just exist. We just survive. Church, it's the time that we thrive. So let's fill her up. Let's get full of Him and run our race. Amen. And let's pick up the pace. Praise God. With every head bowed and every eye closed. As I said, hopefully you feel the pulling of the Holy Spirit on the inside. That might be addressing some of teaching or religion that you've experienced in the past. Maybe there's something on the inside that seems to be pulling you in a direction to know Him more. That's what the Word of God will do. That's what the Holy Spirit will do. And so as we conclude this message next week, we're going to continue to look at the benefits to you in your life. And then if you say, you know what, I'm ready to be full. Next week is your opportunity. Just come with an expectation. Say, Jesus, I'm coming to receive and I'm filling up my tank. And just allow yourself to be stirred and excited. <coughs> Excuse me, don't miss next week. You might say, well, I don't want none of that. Well, then just come and observe. Just allow yourself to be stirred. Don't miss out what God has. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, for everyone that's watching or listening online, to those that are here in person, God, I thank you that you're stirring our hearts to fall madly and passionately in love with you, to receive everything that you have available for us. God, we want more. God, we want more. Remove the limitations. Lord, open up our hearts and our mind. Lord, let our spiritual eyes see because God, we want to be filled up this year in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. Well, that's it. Is this the year where you're going to see some change? Is this the year where you'll see restoration in your family? Or is this the year where you're going to allow God to move in your life? We would love the opportunity to help you in that. If you would like more info or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, loving life.